Um, as now, Sue, uh, you work as a clinical psychologist. So uh, can you just tell us what exactly does a psychologist do? What does a psychologist do? Okay, well, a, a clinical psychologist is a type of psychologist. Um, and psychologists can work in a range of different places, from sport to education to workforce, human resources, to psychological testing. Over the last 10 years, I've been working with cancer care, with cancer patients, their families and their uh, loved ones, um, and are working with just helping people to adjust to answer some of life's big questions when that gets stuck to you. And also, um, in a lot of things, clinical psychologists tend to specialise in things going wrong. Uh, not all so psychologists do. So it would be when you hit the wall in some way. So working in cancer care, it was a bit like when cancer or an illness or a chronic disease breaks in on your life and how best to adjust to that. Mm -hmm. And you're talking to us today about uh, transitions into different phases of life. Uh, I guess that cancer is an example of that. Uh, why is that something that you're passionate about talking to people about okay. today? Well, transition is probably the psychological process of how we actually manage change. Change happens. Change is actually probably a good thing, but not all changes are fabulous. Mm. So it's how we actually do something about that that I'm actually quite passionate about. And I'm actually passionate about it because I'm undergoing a few changes of myself for myself right now. I've worked with people changing. Um, and even to actually be asked if I'm a clinical psychologist, I don't know if I am anymore because I resigned in November. So who am I? I don't know. Um, so that's one of the things I'm going to share with you. Fantastic. Yes. Well, uh, we're going to hand the stage over to you, ladies and gentlemen, okay. Sue McConaughey. Thank you. All right. So I've got that on. Does it work? Yes. Look at that. Okay. Uh, initially, I feel a bit bad because in the program it talks about work-life balance and living the good life in all its stages. But, um, and I'm a little scared that some of you might have come today thinking that I'm going to talk about stress management. And I'm actually not going to, even though I think there's a lot we can do to handle the ups and downs of every day life quite well. But what I'm actually going to be talking about this time is something a bit bigger. Um, and, and so I put up a bit of an old riddle here that some of you might have been familiar with at various stages. Um, so what does it say? What animal walks on four feet in the morning, two feet at noon and three feet in the evening and yet has only one voice? Some of you should know the answer to this. A human being human being. It's a very old riddle um, and this, it's actually quite an important one because it's the same animal at various stages. Now some of us who actually have been here a while will actually attest to that, is that the older you get we actually are the same people throughout our whole life and yet our presentation to the world and how we live the world and how our bodies react is actually going to be different at different times. Okay, work-life balance is a myth. I'm so sorry to tell you that, but you actually do know that. I'm hoping for some of you this will be good news because you are very, very busy at certain times of your life and you may indeed have wondered, what am I doing wrong that I am so busy? Especially if you look around at other people at other stages of their life and they don't seem to be so busy. So what's going on there? Well, there are seasons in life which are extremely busy and others that aren't. So we need to take a much bigger view of how we handle our life. And I, I, I've been privileged to stand up here before and, and, and been able to share with you some of the um, sort of specific strategies for various things. But today I want to take a much bigger picture. Um, and the first question I'm going to ask you here is, is human development like building a car? When we think about human beings, we do tend to think about this a lot, you know, because 
As I've got older and even worked with people with chronic disease, one of the great challenges that we have is, is there a certain stage when you are no longer useful, where you're over the hill, you're decrepit, you're run down, you've got to be put out to pasture? Does any of that sound familiar? Okay, now that's based on the idea that human development is like a car. Like if you're building a car, there is a time when the car is not a car. It's just bits of a car, right? And you're putting it together. Now, is that really true? Is any child that we have out there like a bit of a car? Now, we know they're not. They're actually human beings, fully formed, and it's more of an, organ, uh, an organism thing going on, isn't it, rather than a car. When we think of a car, you build a car and you get a time when the car is fully functional and very schmick, okay? And there is a time, and that's true, isn't it? We want our cars to be ready for use and they're great. And there is a time in people's lives when they are probably at the peak of their game in many ways. And that's probably true. But again, is that the only value? So we take the car model a bit longer, we're gonna end up with old decrepit cars that are no good for anything anymore, aren't we? Now, is that true? Now, for a car it is, not for people. And so, in a way, but our whole language seems to suggest that human beings are a bit like a car and that there is a time when the car is pointless, it's run down, it's had it. You know, you can keep a few veteran models around just for fun, bring them out on Sundays and take them for drives, but really, their time is over, they're over the hill. Go away, old man, there's nothing for you here. Okay. Uh, now, as I've got older, I've actually started to wonder, I wonder if that's true. If I get older, will I be over the hill or no use anymore because I'm not the same as I was when I was younger? So here's a lovely quote. I grew up believing that I would be an adult the day I turned 18 and officially old on my 65th birthday. I don't think I'm alone in thinking about those sorts of concepts. Can you see some problems with that quote? I can. Yeah, have a think about what you knew when you were 18. Have a think about what you know now. Um, and is 65 officially old? No. Well, okay, there's gonna be good things to talk about, won't there? Okay, so here's some caveats. One is, I'm giving a general talk and I'm trying to keep this to 20 minutes, which is gonna be really fun. Um, so remember it's general, I don't want you to take it too seriously. I do want you to enjoy the concepts I'm bringing, but it's a general talk, it's not advice. Um, men and women tend to experience life stages differently, and I'm just gonna gloss over that today. But I can tell you, men and women do have different ways of feeling the crises of life. So we can talk about that over the table if you want. And the next thing, if you are in the midst of a crisis right now, this talk is not directed at you. If I knew that one of you was going through a crisis right now and I was talking to you, I would shut up and let you listen. I mean, let you talk, does that make sense? So just keep in mind that what I'm saying might appear to be almost too simplistic, and I do apologise for that. So it's a general talk, and it's the sort of talk we should have when we're not in a crisis, because sooner or later you will have one. So this is life, this is what I'm thinking about. Um, I, I, just when I think I've got my act together, everything changes. Now, it's not always a complete crisis, but I think it's very common that we go through times of life, you think about that whole lifespan, when it's actually pretty smooth sailing, and you might actually feel quite confident that you've got everything sorted. Now, one of the things that happens is it's not always external events that muck us up. I've spoken about that in this 
place before. Sometimes the changes are happening within us, and that's the big thing I wanted to talk about today. It's just another way of looking at things, is that sometimes it's not... I was actually thinking about this in my last few years at work. I was very aware that a lot was going on at work where there was lots of changes, but it suddenly occurred to me one day that the changes were also happening in me. So my capacity to manage more changes put on me by my bosses, I was getting increasingly impatient with what they were asking me to do. And I think that was me that was changing, not the organisation. That makes sense? So we're talking here about developmental stage theory. And I'm not going to give you a whole lot. I just want to have some fun with this before we get going on to the transitioning bit, is that we, every, everyone in this room is at different stages of their lives. And it's worthwhile knowing that you're the same person. Remember that four legs, two legs, three legs thing? But you're going to actually feel different at different stages of your life. Um, the first bloke who actually talked about this was an, a guy called Ericsson, and he, he, I love Ericsson, but he actually said that each time you go through a change, it's a crisis. Don't you love that? He just says it how it is. Um, sometimes things could be going on quite nicely, and then suddenly the light goes off for you internally. If nothing else has happened, you're just thinking, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, that, sometimes that crisis will happen because you're in a certain situation, and you think, heck, I thought I knew what I was doing, and now I don't. And, and it's an internal thing. Another fellow called William Bridges, who's written superbly on transition, he describes life as a series of short stories pretending to be a novel. And I rather like that way of looking at it. So if you're sort of thinking about what your whole life is about, don't stress out too much, because people like William Bridges are saying, sometimes it's really just a whole series of different things and they change, and that's okay. Another fellow um, called Andrew Fuller, he, he gets terribly wordy here, he says, life is an innovative art and we need to undergo a process of reinvention of who we are. Life changes cannot be accelerated and they are ignored at our peril. Um, I'll give you an example of the ignoring at our peril. It's, it's when you actually either yearn to turn the clock back. Um, how did you go with the um, oranges and toothpicks? Okay, anybody can remember the 1960s? All right. Do we really want to go back to that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, so. um, or, or we pretend we're not there. And of course, there are, there are lots of really, really bad jokes about men who buy sports cars, red sports cars at certain times of their lives. And what, what is that about? Um, but I'll just leave that to you. Um, another thing here is we have a lot of choices in our lives, and that's a good thing. And psychologists are very big on choice. But we do not choose our parents. We do not choose our bodies. We do not choose our temperaments and we do not choose our talents. So you're going to have a whole lot of things going on that somehow you have to deal with. So there is value in acknowledging the rhythm of human development, or I reckon there is, which is why this is here. So some, store, some, some silly cartoons. This is looking at a particular stage of life development. By the way, there's, a, there's lots of these. I've, I've looked at adults here. There's a whole lot that goes on with children. But I thought you'd like to have a look at sort of 30s adulthood, and I wonder if that sort of rings bells for any of you, with the way that families are going when you've got small children. So here we've got mum and the kid, and dad's there, but he's just coming in, going out, coming in, going out. And it, and it doesn't have to be that way around. Sometimes it's the, the mum who's the, the comet, and, but there's an incredible busyness, um, getting things done, holding schedules together. So th that is a, certainly a stage of life. I can remember it. I'm not there anymore. So I'm hoping that's good news for some of you. Okay. Um, on the other hand, I miss it. 
So that's part of this. Um, this is the part that I don't miss so much. Is <laughs> the absolute exhaustion of it all. Okay. Um, this one here is looking at the 40s and 50s, and this is, um, again, this, this is a um, cartoon from Andrew Fuller, who's written a book. He reckons that life changes approximately every seven years. And here he's looking at people probably in their mid-40s, and he says, probably by your mid-40s, things are really moving. You are making a way in the world here. You are on fire. Both men and women are just doing it. Um, the 40s um, and the early 50s, he says, is a time of um, gathering stuff. This is when you finally have all the camping equipment that you wanted. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got stuff. Your houses are full. I have you at the talk yesterday. Um, but <laughs> there is a sense of things are just moving by themselves and you have no control. You know, it's just full on. So these are very busy times in your life. Um, then we come to the next one here, which probably turns approximately 50. I was interested to hear that Dave Sheaf just turned 50. Okay. Um, I wonder how he's going to cope with this. Now, this is not always true, but there is a kind of invisibility that starts to happen as you get a bit older. Um, and that's what's starting to happen. Now, this is the other thing here, and I don't know, I'd love to talk to Bob about this, but I reckon that probably in your 50s, that's when you sort of feel like there's a shift in the world. And that's why, for anybody here who's in that age group, to be thinking about the bigger picture things in life, that actually does happen. It's not only teenagers who are thinking what life is all about. Often in that late 40s, early 50s, people are starting to rethink, what the heck is this all about? Now, so I, I reckon sometimes it's because we start to get sick about this stage. You know, things start to drop off and go wrong. Um, <laughs> the reason why this is such a good cartoon it's because I think it is where a lot of us find out we know a lot more about our jobs, the life cycles of rats or whatever, than ourselves. And so that's why this is often the time, if you've never considered therapy as something, this could be your time, uh, because we do need to start to reflect because change is in the air. Um, sometimes the changes will, will creep up on you and other people won't even hear you. So again, how many people are actually rather frightened that maybe their parents are having this conversation? Okay, does that scare you to think people are actually still wanting to, to um, develop intimate relationships into those 50s and 60s? Um, then, of course, even this one is even more frightening, isn't it? Um, why, why shouldn't some of us who are no longer small still get nice lingerie? Why is that so shocking? Um, and yet this is the world we're in. Some of us get older and older um, and then find that, oh, you know, for me, if I can find a shop that has not those teeny, tiny, tiny, weeny little clothes that will fit a woman who's actually lived to the full, you know? Yeah, and, and it's sort of embarrassing, it's very hard, you know, but we won't talk about this here, but you'll get the general gist. And then you've got the end. Well, go back, because this one's actually one of my favourite cartoons of all time. Come on, come back. There he is, in the 70s. Okay, now look, if an older bloke, an older woman wants to rant, Look, it's a, it's a joy for them, okay? And it may be that at this stage, now this is a bit of a sad one, because it's not true, but often there is a sense of um, time to think about things, to reflect on things, to make sense of things. Um, and, and I mean, that's just a very big rush. But if you're interested in this sort of developmental stuff, there's some great things around, and I would encourage you to think about this, that if, if, if some of you are in your 30s now and you're thinking, heck, I'm going to have to get it right now because after it's all downhill, I guess what I'm hoping to tell you is it isn't um, and that we need to keep on growing and changing and reflecting and there's some good things ahead. So, if I had my life 
to live over again, would it be possible to actually take a little bit more time and patience with people who are at different stages than I am? Um, and to just reflect on that maybe their priorities might be different, what sorts of things might be going on for them. Because this is the great problem, is that you could come to the end of your life and you have never used your wings. And I think that would be a tragedy. And I do wonder how many people have not spent enough time and by the way, I'm not talking about serious navel-gazing, and I'm not telling you that you all have to go and have therapy, but spend some time thinking about what's important and who you are. You do not want to reach your 80s where your wings have never been used. So, so how do you navigate the stages? Is there any way to do it, or is it really just guessing? Um, you do not need people to tell you to pull yourself together, do you? Okay. Although I think sometimes that's often the problem. So be patient, be kind with other people who might not be uh, doing so well sometimes. Um, and it's okay to keep chasing your missing sparkle. Because uh, one of the things that happens is that when we go through a change, when we're on that sort of cusp between one stage of life to another, there is often a loss of sparkle. Um, there is a... a uh, a, ch a, a thing about, heck, have I actually mucked this up? Am I losing my way? So change is a part of life. You all know that. Um, tra transition is this thing that happens inside you as you sort of um, cotton on to the fact that changes happen. Now, the other thing I haven't said yet, but I'll say now, is that change is not always negative. Change can be something we desperate, desperately want. Some of you might have remembered what it's like to go into a new job. Remember the incredible exhaustion of the first couple of weeks? Um, I even feel exhausted. Every, every time we have good news, I have to remind myself that we're doing a different rhythm because I was really tired yesterday. And I'm thinking, really tired? I just swanned around and drank coffee. And... <laughs> but it's the change that does it. So often, even changes we want will, will mean you need to have some sort of transition. You've got to think differently about yourself. Um, and I'm thinking here about big changes that we desperately want, things like getting married, having children. Um, I was talking to, I met Margaret out of the car park and where some people have dropped off their kids at Little Miracles for the first time. They've probably been hanging out for that day, but they were weeping when they left. And I'm thinking, I get that. All right, so, you know, even changes that we want, well, well we have to cope with them somehow, you know, um, and that's what we're doing here. So, now here's the profound stuff. Uh, and this is the part that I feel somewhat embarrassed about because it's so airy-fairy. There's no three easy steps to transitioning well here. Uh, but transitions actually begin with an ending. When we go into transition, we're about to move from one stage of life to another, the, the changes happen because something has changed and often we feel a bit odd. So there's some D words there. There's often a bit of a disengagement. You might wake up one morning, you've been going to this job or doing whatever, and you suddenly feel quite separate from the people. You find yourself looking down at your workplace thinking, what? Who are these people? Um, there might be a little bit of dismantling. You know, there might be change in some way where you start to unpack things or change things around or you're getting rid of things that you haven't used for a while. There's a bit of a disidentification and I found that um, even with, um, am I still a psychologist anymore? I, I'm not too sure that I identify with my colleagues the way that I used to. 
And that's happened inside of me. It's nothing outside. Um, then there's a bit of a disenchantment. Now, this is a, this is a hard one because, you, in a way, the disenchantment can be a big one, like, you know, of a real feeling of betrayal. Um, but sometimes it's just a little bit of saying, is, OK, um, it's, it's not going to happen the way that I thought. Now, often with the disenchantment, this is really hard transitioning. Remember talking about this an ending. For me, the disenchantment was along the lines of, I thought the world was like this. And now I found that it's like this. That was massive, you know, so I really felt that a lot. Um, and disorientation to a certain extent, which is why I can actually genuinely say, and some of you have kindly asked me, how am I going with my retirement? And I'm saying, I've got no idea. It's all over the place. And that's actually normal. Um, so here's an example of an ending that still makes me cry. So we probably should have a moment of silence here. Uh, <laughs> Because my children went out into the world a long time ago. I'm still mourning it. Here's a disconnected picture. Doesn't it, do you feel like that? I do quite often. I'm supposed to be connected to something. This one is actually rather gorgeous because it actually talks about the ending that a lot of people feel, is that once we get through that ending, things change. And it's not, it's not necessarily that people finish something um, and then they just slowly fade away. And in fact, you even you think about changes, I'm, I'm thinking about retirement changes here, but there are other changes, aren't there? Like even going from, um, I, one day my children went off to school and I wept. But now, look at me now, I've got all this energy, I'm wearing my active wear, it's fantastic, you know. So you, you, know, you go through that change. Yeah, okay. Um, and a part of this sort of transition time, this ending time, it's a bit like mourning, it's a bit like grief. There's got to be change, and they're internal changes. Now, so we're talking all about internal changes now, where you find that some of the things that you thought were going to happen, some of the beliefs you had, it just isn't like that. Or you've changed, you don't know what it is. But you know there's a bit of a moving on, a getting rid of, a, a turning around. This is all very internal sort of stuff. Then, now this is the part where I probably say, as far as work goes, I'm probably in this zone right now. Um, this is the neutral zone, um, and this is the bit which um, our world doesn't like very much. In, in our world, in our culture, people should be clear, um, uh, and I found this often with, with personal trainers, they're always asking me what my goals are, and I'm thinking, Give me some time to think about this. And I'm an expert. I, mean, I work with people about this, but I still get very annoyed about the goals question because I think it's hard to come up with goals if you're in the neutral zone. So, for example, if some of you are going to the gym for the first time, you might not really know what you're expecting. So to ask people what your goals are, well, you're not sure yet. This is the neutral zone when you're just not sure. So the trick is if you possibly can, and it sounds like I'm telling you to just down tools and go and sit on a mountain somewhere, but it's not quite that bad, but don't run away too much for it. There is some emptiness. There is an odd, weird feeling. Um, please keep asking me how I'm going with my retirement, but don't be too surprised if I tell you as I've got no idea, because I don't know, right? Um, and let other people say that and don't rush them too much. Um, if you're talking to a young mother, how's it going? If they say they feel totally at sea, don't rescue them too quickly from the sea. Sure, take the baby for a walk or do some washing for them, but don't rescue them from the emptiness. Let them sit there for a little while. 
it, you, we often do need some time and space alone. I know that's a bit of a luxury, but think about it. Most people often do that when you go into this transition zone. Some people naturally sort of wreck off for a weekend and say, I need to go for a bike ride or I, I just need to get away. You know? So often people just do that naturally. If you want to, think about things like journals or writing autobiographies or even writing your own obituary. You don't have to share any of that with anybody because I think you're weird. But, you know, but that'll just help clarify where you're going to um, and have a think about what you really want. Press it again. Okay, this is me. I am so confused. All I can do is sit very still and hope it passes. So because that's pretty well how it feels. The other thing is knitting, thinking today is like knitting with knotty wool. There's a whole lot of ways of acknowledging that it's just messy. And there may be a time in this weird neutral zone where you need to do some recharging. So for those younger ones, I know you're really jealous of all of those of us who seem to have a lot of unstructured time. Sometimes we need some of that unstructured time to do this. And then we'll be right. Then we're gonna come back all, all guns blazing. All right, next thing. After enlightenment, the laundry. I say, now what that means is that you can't live in the neutral zone. You have to come out of it eventually, you will come out of it eventually, and then you'll get back to it. So remember, I'm talking about life stages, not just retirement. I'm using that because that's my example right now. But any life stage that you go through, eventually you'll come out. Be encouraged, your energy will return. Okay, I had a blood test and it seems I have high expectations, so I'm on a strict diet of no expecting and lots of enjoying. You will sort it out. This one is delightful. But grandfather, you're losing all your feathers, or in our case, grandpa, you've lost all your hair. Um, not lose, but here, will, will Laurie ever say something as profound? He'd, be, he'd mean it. I'm not losing, but giving back to the earth my seeds of wisdom and memories for all the wonder it gave me. There's more life to live. What a caterpillar calls the end, the rest of the world calls the butterfly. Okay, so there's this sort of cycle of thing. My final thoughts, transitions are painful but worth the effort. None of you want to stay where you were when you're 18. I know you want your bodies back. <laughs> but, and it is painful, but you cannot go back, go forward with what you know. Endings are painful. Acknowledging that something has changed, that you're not the person you were, that your life circumstances have changed. Acknowledge them, mourn them, let them go. The neutral zone is confusing and distressing. You're not going to be encouraged by our culture to stay neutral for a while. They'll want to get you back on track, get you on the horse. Try to fight that a bit. Don't rush it or avoid it. It's a natural process. You'll get through it. Beginnings are the reward of a time well spent in the neutral zone. Enjoy. And I'll stop there. Thank you.